Hello and welcome to a special and relaxed holiday-ish APW podcast. Uh, still in the red costume with a big white beard is myself, Paul Shearer, and I'm joined by Santa's little helpers, Callum and Stuart Williamson. Hi, Stuart. Oh, 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 Paul. <laughs> uh, very good. <laughs> that's me. That's my line. You're a, you're an elf. Oh, oh, okay. I don't know what an elf voice would be like. Oh, hello, Paul. How are you? <laughs> it's a, a brummy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Callum, hello. Hi, Paul. How are you? I'm very well. And to all you listeners out there in the winter wonderland, we wish you a very Merry Christmas or rather Boxing Day. And if your religion takes you along other paths, we say happy holidays wherever you are in the world, uh, which for you is Australia. Um, uh, Christmas on the beach, uh, Stuart, shorts, slap some turkey thighs on the barbie? No, I'm not. I'm actually having lava bread this Christmas. We're having a first Christmas back in Wales for three years, courtesy of COVID. So it's nice to be back, meeting up with the family and having some skull attack and all things Welsh. But you have had uh, your Christmas on the beach in uh, during COVID then, while you were imprisoned in Australia. Yes, last year we had it on the beach. It was very pleasant. Although the traffic is very bad. They always, the Australians do leave quite early and... Um, Take up all the parking spaces. So it's normally a walk to the beach, which is much nicer anyway, really. But no, it's lovely. Very pleasant. A bit of sun, get a bit pink, get a few drinks in. Well, in in um, in Wales, uh, we used to, on Christmas Day, it, we used to go for a dip uh, in the sea in Puthcall, which is in between Cardiff and Swansea. So on Christmas Day in Puthcall, on Christmas morning, it was very cold, whereas in Australia you go for a dip in the sea and it's normally about 30 degrees out and, you know, you've got a couple of beers and it's actually quite a pleasant experience. So, yeah, I'm the same in, in Wales this this Christmas, first time in three years, which will be fun. And uh, looking forward to the Boxing Day derbies, the rugby, Cardiff-Newport, going into Cardiff for a few beers and some uh, Boxing Day sandwiches and all that sort of stuff. So. Well, the coldest dip I've done uh, was in fact called the cold dip, and it was jumping into the harbour in Lowestoft uh, with 17 oil riggers because I was doing the offshore oil riggers survival course. Uh, I was doing it for a television programme and they were doing it for real. Uh, but part of it was uh, you had to do your survival drill. So we all jumped into Lowestoft Harbour in February and the water was two degrees. Well, I, can, I can do better than that, actually. When I was at university... I had a girlfriend who was from Finland, and we used to go up to her parents' place up in a place called uh, Lahia in the north. This is a fa- this is a family show, uh, Stuart. Uh, just to warn you. Okay, fair enough. And we used to get in the sauna, as they called it, and then you'd open the door, run out, and dive into an ice hole. You did, you, did, you did say ice hole there, didn't you? It was very <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it was it was rather chilly. So um, that was pretty cold. But you're right on Boxing Day in Whitby, where my brother lives, they have the Boxing Day swim, and they do that every uh, year out in the sea. Okay. Well, to make us more seasonally adjusted, um, I suggest we start off with uh, this. Cheers! Uh, so uh, thanks to our sound effects minions there who organised this virtual drinks party effects there. Let's settle back with our Christmas bubbly and take a mellow look back at 2022 uh, to see where it took us all. Starting with January, do you remember the Omicron variant? Yes, that's the one that got me was the um, one in January. I think I had that over 
over New Year and into January. But um, it was just a bit of a, a mind sort of thing. I couldn't remember what I was doing, which is un- completely normal for me anyway. But it was a, a pretty grim sort of thing at the time. thought, here it comes again. It's all going to go terribly wrong. And for APW, you were locked in Australia then with, the, with, with all the travel restrictions that there were from COVID. What happened? Yeah, I mean, it was a very interesting time still in, in January. I mean, it's amazing how quickly it's changed. You know, in January, we were still sort of in the, in the mindset of having to do everything online, which is, you know, the way the, the business moved at the start of COVID. And, you know, slowly throughout February, March, April, things started opening up again. And sort of by the end of April, we were back to, um, back to traveling most weeks and meeting with people face to face, you know. But in, yeah, in January, it was still pretty, pretty bleak in terms of travel. You know, so, um, yeah, we were doing as much online as we could, but um, hope, hoping for better. And, yeah, it did start opening up towards the end of the year, as we know, which is which is great. You know, it's wonderful to be back out on the road and sort of meeting people and doing face-to-face events and, you know, doing what we all enjoy most. Yeah, the lockdown, I mean, you, your reaction to lockdown was to, to do uh, an enormous amount of stuff online, including your market wraps. Presumably they started because of the COVID restrictions and your, your whole model changed from from travelling to staying at home and doing stuff online. Well, that was it, wasn't it? That was the very, very first market wrap was, if you look at the timestamp on it, it would be uh, second week of March, first week of March in 2020, which is when sort of, everyone went into lockdown everywhere and you could no longer fly everywhere and we sort of sat down and we said well you know what could we do to to make sure we're staying staying in front of clients and sort of um letting people know that we're still here and still working with them and that was what we came up with was to start the market wrap and you go back to then and i think it was 20 20 or 30 views because it was just the people we were sending it out to and you know now we're on 5,000 views uh, every Friday. So it's, yeah, it's grown, it's grown nicely, but it still did what we always wanted it to do, which was to keep our clients uh, informed. Okay, well, back to this year. Um, February obviously was the big event with uh, Putin, you know, grandstanding world leaders behind his massive table and then uh, invading Ukraine. On the 24th of February, he sent his troops into Ukraine and the world's been reeling from the aftershocks ever since, uh, Stuart. Yeah, I mean, you know, gas prices went pretty crazy ahead of the you know invasion, and then just started going up and up after that, which is the start of you know the whole logistical and supply problems that have been going on since. So, I mean, what can one can only wonder what on earth was he was thinking when he thought he could just waltz into another country and take it over? I suppose because he'd done it with the Crimea. You can get away with it. But anyway, it now sort of leads on to some, some terrible pressures for the rest of us. I began working with you in April and we started these podcasts. We've been doing a monthly retrospective on the housing market since then. Inflation, interest rates and the war in Ukraine has been the kind of headline uh, story at the beginning of those. House prices obviously were impacted. There's been a slowing in the really, really high prices that were there as a result of COVID. Uh, and then we've also had in 2022 political shenanigans that have had an impact. Uh, take us through some of those, Callum. Yeah, I think um, it has been sort of the underlying uh, theme, you know, and if you listen back to any of our market monthly market moseys since we started working together, you'll hear that Ukraine is always one of the first things mentioned sort of underpinning what's going on in the market. But 
I think it's also, you know, if you try and zoom out and look at the the wider trends, you know, I did a, we did a, a webinar with a, a developer in the UK earlier this week. And one of the things we spoke about was, you know, an example of someone we, um, we met with in 2015. And I think in 2015, they sort of didn't want to buy property because they were waiting for the effects of something to happen. And then 2016, it was uh, the, the Brexit referendum. Then 2017, it was waiting to see what happened in the American general election. Maybe I put the dates wrong, but would Trump get in and what would happen then? And would the world economy fall apart? And then in 2018, it was something else. 2019, it was something else. And and so on, you know, and we looked at the, the rise in prices over that sort of six year period and it's 52% or whatever, it, whatever it is with 24% of that happening in the past two years, you know, so from a property purchasing perspective, I think, you know, all, all of these things do impact property. Yes. But if you, if you get caught up in the minutia and the day to day, then it could sort of stop you making decisions. But if you zoom out a little bit and look at the longer term, then, you know, the war in Ukraine, you know, not these sorts of things, but there's always um, a crisis or something going on that's affecting the economy, and it's um, you know prices still keep going up, and and people still make keep on making money from property, you know. So I think, from my personal perspective, I think it's important not to get too caught up in all of that. And even though it has been the main story, there's always a main story, but property prices will always continue to do what they've always done. Yes, in the long term, they seem to they seem to be a, a safe investment. That's been the the general view, but uh, you know, crashes have happened before in the past. So, as with all things, prices can go up as well as down. But uh, yeah, the political shenanigans. We had Boris Johnson, and then we had Liz Truss. Uh, the Queen welcomed in uh, Liz Truss, her fifteenth Prime Minister, and then um, sadly she died two days later after seventy years on the throne. And yet she managed to be there for the Platinum Jubilee celebrations. It was one of those things. It's sort of like 9-11. You remember where you were. 9-11, I was actually finishing a detention in school. So uh, I, I remember that uh, well. And not fondly, obviously, but well. Uh, yeah, the Queen, Queen's funeral, I remember. I was on a, on a plane, I think, flying to Dubai. And they have, you know, now on planes, they have terrestrial TV, live TV. So I watched the whole procession from start to finish on the plane and it was uh yeah it was quite emotional actually it was mournful it was uh, in contrast to the platinum jubilee celebrations which were you know uh, at some points incredibly eccentric the parades uh, and so on uh, on the last day where the queen appeared on the balcony very very celebratory and the, the the contrast with the millions on the streets or lining the streets uh, during the funeral was was very very noticeable with that sort of silence that there was and do you remember the um the lying in state as well that was that was quite moving yeah it was a um i think when the children were guarding the coffin the guard of honor i mean that was very uh very moving i think it's been interesting to see that the royal family seems to have come through it actually stronger you know i always thought Prince Charles is a bit of a divot, but he seems to have come through it okay, and he's been very regal, if that's the right term. And hopefully it will mean that the royal family will carry on because I think it's a good institution, personally. Yes, well, he's uh, King Charles as he is now, and uh, we've got our new Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak. For my whole life, it's been the Queen's Christmas broadcast, uh, and yesterday it was the King's Christmas broadcast, which I'm, I'm still trying to get over the shock of that. <laughs> 
Well, it's an interesting thing. It's a bit like Rishi Sunak. He's, he's, he's sort of like a, an, an interesting prime minister. You know, before him, we had Boris, who was everywhere in a yellow jacket, you know, a high-vis, you know, fair, either driving a tractor or running around a, a cake factory or something. Or, or with kicking, over, kicking over small Japanese children in football games. <laughs> yes, he did have a few photo opportunity errors in his time, didn't he? He did, he yes. Did, yeah. But, I mean, he's gone from that to the extreme, which is you hardly ever see here of Rashi Shonak. And I know they say that he's a virtual studious economist type, um, but it would be nice to see him in a high-vis jacket or getting run over by Chinese children at some stage. Perhaps he's coming up with the low-vis jacket. Clearly, I'd say so. Yeah. I did see another thing uh, just reading this morning, um, the dullness dividend that there has been in government borrowing because of Jeremy Hunt and Rishi Sunak. So they're playing things quietly, and uh, that meant that the government was able to get on and uh, do some borrowing at a much lower rate. Uh, so that was some good news. But uh, for both of you personally, um, this last year, APW back on the road, you've had some events? Yeah, it's um, it's great to, you know, to do these sort of Zoom meetings, which you do as an initial, initial starter, but then to have quarterly networking events, putting those back together again, that's been brilliant. And um, it's great to see clients out there and, and meet them face-to-face and get them talking to other people in the industry so that we're all learning and that's the whole networking concept and so you know we've done that this year and we're gonna we have a, a regular calendar for the coming year which will help us do that and get pe- help people become more informed which is what we're all about is trying to help people become informed and make credible buying decisions but you also managed to sneak in a, a sailing competition uh, w- while you're out and about at one of your events tell us about that yeah, we had the Phuket Race Week, which uh, we naturally won, of course. And we have got a champion helmsman on board. And I'm not talking about Callum, although he has got a 100% record in racing. That's, that's quite easy to get when you actually race once. Um, uh, three <laughs> three times, actually. Yeah, so no, we uh, we won the Phuket Race Week, which was nice. And uh, looking forward to, in January, doing the Lankari Race Week and winning that as well. Yeah, and and I think just to add to that, you know, it's obviously it's great to be able to be sort of back in person to be able to be helping people do what we help people do, you know, which is purchase UK property, but also just from a sort of wider APW community perspective, you know, as the as the business grows and and sort of our reach and our community with our clients grows, it's great to be actually back engaging with people, you know, so getting clients along and and sort of people that support us and people that we support to these sailing events and raising money for a couple of the charities we're working with through sort of um, some running events we've been doing and sort of team charity events um, mentioned to the Charlie Waller Foundation who we're working with at the moment, you know, so it's just great to be sort of developing a bit more of a, you know, a sense of community because yes, running the business has worked online for two years, but you cannot beat having everyone, you know, whether they be working for you, clients of yours or sort of people that are just within your circle, it's great to be sort of doing that back face to face again. So it's been a, it's been a lovely year for that. But as a lonelier challenge, you, um, you took on the Sydney coast run. Tell us a bit about that. Yes, yeah, that's right. Um, that was uh, Bondi to Manly, eighty-kilometer run. Uh, I don't think I would call it a run. I was emailing a client earlier, and they said I saw that, and I think 
I said it was more of a shuffle slash walk. You know, it was um, it was very very slow, and I think anyone could do it. You just need to, to move slow enough and eat enough food, which I did eat enough food. But um, yeah, it was great. We um, we raised some some good money, and uh, you know the sort of posts we put out got a lot of engagement, which helped us engage with people. So it was a good thing to do, and you know, not sure I would do another one, but um, sure, it was good fun. Yeah. Yes, I saw a post you said about how you discovered a mate on the way round and both of you uh, encouraged each other to the finish line. That's right. And as, as cheesy as the as cheesy as the post was, it was very true, actually. And you know, word for word, I met the met this guy, you know, a couple of hours into it and lost him for a little while and then bumped into him again. And we ran side by side and just sort of nattered the whole way around. He he ran a business as well, so we spoke about that and all sorts. And he's actually invited me to uh I went to a barbecue at his house a couple of weekends ago at the start of December just to uh to celebrate. So um so yeah, you know, it was it was a lovely experience and I did meet uh, a lovely guy and it's it's true, you know, if you do things with other what's the saying? You want to go fast, go on your own. If you want to go far, go with other people. And that was a, a prime example of that. Bonding on the Bondi run then. Um, yeah, that's it, yeah. Uh, Final recollections on 2022, Stuart? I would only just say from a political perspective, in the UK, it's been disappointing, to say the least. It's inept. You know, they're making the UK look like some of the crazy states that we've got around the world. So hopefully Richie Sonak can become a bit of a statesman, bring it back, and hopefully we'll have a good direction and leadership going forward, which will help us all employment-wise property-wise and in life. Callum? Uh, yeah, just to echo some of that, I mean, it seems that we've, you know, the, we've got a bit, little bit more stability now in the leadership and hopefully things have settled down and we can just spend the year sort of building as, um, you know, as individuals, as, as property investors, as, as business people, you know. So, uh, yeah, hopefully it will be a, another positive year ahead. Well, a year definitely packed with incident. Um, if I could just give an own personal shout out to my daughter, Eleanor Shearer, who's written a book called River Sing Me Home, uh, which is going to be published uh, in January uh, in both England and the uh, US. And I think there's an Australian version as well. So uh, look out for that. River Sing Me Home by Eleanor Shearer. Uh, next week, we're going to be ushering in the new year with a quick look ahead to 2023. Until then, as Dave Allen used to say, Good night, thank you, and may your God go with you. Uh, my name is Paul Shearer. Have a lovely day. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast series produced for APW by Emma Holton at Brilliant Audio. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe, hit like, share it with your friends. If you didn't, keep stum. You can find more episodes in all your usual podcast places.